0: sinner if you ask me how christ can save you i tell you this he can save you because he did not save himself he can save you because he took your guilt and endured your punishment there is no way of salvation apart from the satisfaction of divine justice either the sinner must die or else someone must die for him. Either the must die, or
1: else someone must die for him. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. This is the Gospel Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Braden Friesen. This is Ben Martins. Hello. And that's Derek Friesen. What's up? And, uh... We are very excited to have you along with us. Um, today we're going to start in our series of the attributes of God. We're very excited to um, have this study shape and change us as we want to um, praise and worship the one who holds these attributes, not the attributes themselves. Um, but these attributes do make up who God is, and that's why we want to go through this with you. And today we are going to be starting on um, the aceity of God meaning the self-existence, um, that God exists in and of himself, he created all, has existed eternally, um, in eternities past, present, and future, and with that, like, we're going to be just going, you know, right in today, um, and looking at some, some passages throughout the Bible that are presenting God in this way, and so we hope that you would take this very seriously, and, uh join with us in this study as well so let's just jump right into the study um so what do you guys got yeah there is no
2: study of any subject that humbles us uh quite like the study of god and his attributes um you know to quote steve lawson he said we are like a moth on the surface of the sun gazing into the brilliance of its light and realizing that we are but nothing End end quote. Um, So that it's just something that we can get lost in, and just it's so far beyond our um, ability to comprehend. But there is also no subject that quite energizes us, or edifies us, or builds us up, or even comforts us like studying God and Uh, His attributes.
1: I think that comment or the uh, quote by Steve Lawson is quite comforting. Of you know that the God you are serving is as brilliant as the, word, as the Bible says he is. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really cool.
2: Yeah. yeah. And like you touched on in the introduction, um, that where our focus must be, not just on his attributes, and, uh, but on him himself. That uh, I, was, I found, came across this other quote by J.I. Packer. And he said, Our aim in studying the Godhead must be to know God himself better. Our concern must be to enlarge our our acquaintance, not simply with the doctrine of God's attributes, but with the living God whose attributes they are. End quote. And so, yeah, like you had touched on in the introduction, that this study is not just to for the head knowledge and to know about God's attributes, but to actually know the living
1: God better. I think this really should drive us closer to Him, because. What, like I just mentioned, like the comfort that it gives us, this should really drive us into his arms, mm-hmm. realizing that God is eternal, that God is all-powerful, that God is all-knowing, like all these things that God is faithful, you know um, he's trustworthy and he is, he's true and he is holy, and all these things should drive us right into his arms because there's no place that we should want to be,
0: yeah rather yeah. than that. And uh, going along with that, like one thing that kind of helps keep uh, one thing that's important is to keep everything in, in perspective and to, so we can stay in that kind of position of understanding who we are. In uh, and, and a quote by AW. Tozer, um, he said, "Modern Christianity has put God on charity. So lofty is our opinion of ourselves that we find it quite easy, not to say enjoyable, to believe that we are necessary to God. But the truth is that God is not greater for our being, nor would he be less if we did not exist. That w- that we do exist is altogether of God's free determination, not by divine necessity. So the fact that we get to have any part in this at all is just uh, God showing his love towards us according to his perfect will. So, a deity. What is it?
1: What is a deity? Well, the Latin phrase a meaning from or by himself, um, means that God exists in and of Himself. He created all, has existed eternally. Um, God made all, and through Him are all things, meaning He existed before the earth, um, eternity's past and, and future. R.C. Sproul said, When we affirm that God is eternal, we are also saying that He possesses the attributes of a deity, or self existence. This means that God, eternally has existed of himself and in himself he is not a contingent being he does not he did not derive from some other source he is not dependent on any other power outside of himself in order to exist he has no father or mother and so if if you look at john 1 1 through 5 talking about uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god shows the eternal nature of god just as genesis 1 1 and uh um, Revelation twenty two twelve through thirteen talks about how, or Jesus says that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So,
2: yeah, and Jesus uh, says that in Revelations, and you know God the Father says it in Isaiah forty four six when He says, "I am the first, the first, and I am the last. There is no God beside Me," mm. and so it just shows the etern- eternal eternity of both of them because they are both God. Yeah, the, the Godhead three in one. Um, So God is, like the definition describes, self-contained, self-sufficient, self-satisfied, in need of nothing. Um, GotQuestions.org, when I looked there, it said, God is the uncaused cause, the uncreated creator. He is the source of all things, the one who originated everything and who sustains everything that exists. The aseity of God means that he is the one in whom all other things find their source, existence, and continuance.
0: And like really to, uh, like a great proof text for that um, would be in, uh, let me see here, sorry, uh, in Colossians 1, ver- um, I have one verse, 16 to 17. It's, uh, there's there's a plethora of proof texts that we could go through. Uh, we can't get through them all. Um, nice big word. <laughs> thanks. Um, but let's hear um, verse uh, Verse 16. Uh, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So we can see that uh, God is preeminent, like he he existed before, um, and he he had to, to create the world, and that everything consists... er, er, in him everything consists so um, nothing can exist without him so he has to be before everything um, for everything else to actually have its existence mm-hmm. and that consists is the same as in other translations
2: I guess is everything holds together right so it's just it's literally that everything has its being and, con- and is held together by him which is just an incredible thing to think about mm-hmm. um, in my study for this, I came across the book, The Divinity of God, by Thomas Watson. And there's just one thing I came across there, where he says, There are three kinds of beings. Such beings as had a beginning, and shall have an end. Such as all animate creatures, the animals, birds, fish, which at death are destroyed and return to dust. Their being ends with their life. The second is such beings that have a beginning but shall have no end such as angels and the souls of men which were which are eternal once they are brought into existence they abide forever and the third being such as with such as is without beginning and without end this is a proper this is proper only to god he is from everlasting to everlasting this is god's title a jewel in his crown he is called the king eternal Jehovah is a word that pro- properly sets forth God's eternity. It is a word so dreadful that the Jews trembled to name it or read it, and used Ad- Adonai, or Lord, in its place. Jehovah contains in it t- time past, present, and to come. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty, in Revelation 1.8. Um this verse illustrates the word Jehovah, he subsists of himself having pure and independent being. God alone was before time, there is no searching into the records of eternity. End quote. And so talking on the eternity of God there's verses other than the one that he uses in that quote that tie into that in Psalm ninety three two. Uh, It says, your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. In Psalm 92, nope, sorry, Psalm 90 verse 2, just to clarify, it says um, that even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And in Micah 5.2, talking about Jesus, it says, his going forths are from long ago, from the days of eternity and there are many other
1: verses that well you look at at Job 38 um, verse 4 where were you when i laid the foundation of the earth tell me if you have understanding mm-hmm. who set its measurements right um god actually goes on with job for a few chapters there talking about like who, who were you when or where were you when i was you know mm-hmm. creating heavens and the earth and and all the things that that dwell within and so, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot of proof texts that can that show the um, the eternity of God, yeah. and that it's crazy
2: to think about there, that there was never a time because, like you you brought up uh, Genesis one one, and it says in the beginning God created heaven and earth, which means that before the beginning it was God. was God. Yeah, and um, it's crazy to think that there was never a time if you can call it time, before time existed, there was never a time when God wasn't God, right? It's just, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. one of, the, this topic, like all the attributes of God are just um, almost impossible to wrap your mind around. You'll never fully comprehend.
1: No, and the one thing also is the fact that God is all these attributes at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because he's eternal, it seems as if that these other attributes derive from his aseity, that he is eternal, and all these other th- That makes him, you know, all knowing and all powerful because he knew the past, he knew the present, he knows the future. Um, and the one thing I, I, w- I would just um, remind everyone, as I reminded last week when. Um, or last episode was telling everyone that we were going to be doing this series is that god does not lay down one attribute for another no so he is always all these things all the time
2: yeah and i just want to add or do you have a point on that
0: yeah i was just gonna say that um you know like in when when it comes to like his eternality if that's a word or the fact that he's eternal um, I mean, I, I, I used it, but I don't know if that makes it a word. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I've used it too. Anyway, uh, the point being that his his eternality and, and his aseity, those are not synonymous. Uh, his aseity also says that he consists completely of himself. So yeah. it's not just the fact that he's existed forever, that he was completely <laughs> content forever. Like, he doesn't need us. Um, and Paul says it pretty definitively um, in Acts 17, verse 24 and 25. Uh, the God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in the temples made by men, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives gives all mankind life and breath and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's it's just pretty clear. Yeah, uh, I would say
1: that is very uh, very black and white. You can you can see right. Um, at the same point, just or just to go off your point there. um, God gave us all that we have. Um, Luke 12, 42 through, through 44 talks about this. But in the same breath, so when we give every you know anything to God, um, he is not under obligation to owe us anything. Mm-hmm. Luke 17, um, 7 through 10. Let me just quickly read that for you all. While you're looking, do you
2: mind if I just lay down a couple verses for our listeners found it. on the et- eternality, just so for their research? I found
1: it. Okay. I'll quickly say it, alright? <laughs> alright. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat, and properly clothe yourself, and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you may eat and drink? He does not thank the slave because he did the things which were commanded does does he? so you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you say we are unworthy slaves we have done only that which we ought to have done mm-hmm. And yeah it, it goes to show that that God does not need us that that, that we serve God out of um, out of serving. Out of love for him. Mm-hmm. That he is worthy to be
0: served. Yeah. Well, in... in uh, sorry, you know, you're going to list some verses. I'll get back to this one, after.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I don't necessarily have to, but I'll just quickly throw them down for our readers, listener Our listeners, sorry.
1: We're just botching <laughs> this all over the place. <laughs> We're a little all over the place on this. Ah, whatever. This point, it's all right.
2: I'll just lay this down, and then we can get back to the point at hand. And... Uh, so in Isaiah forty three ten, uh, Revelation four eight, Isaiah fifty seven fifteen, Psalm one hundred two twenty seven, all these things, all these verses. If you want to look them up, talk about the eternality of God. Um, and so, to your point, well, I'll just let you do your point here, Benny, while it's still in your mind, because I have some, just something to add on what Braden just brought up here. So,
0: well, it's uh, one of the. Uh, I don't know if it's a criticism perhaps of this doctrine but what sometimes the the point that people want to make is that if god doesn't need us or anything like that then why would he make us right they think that um that god has if we are not needed by god then there's no reason for us to make us um but this actually bleeds into one of his other attributes like he is fully um i don't even know what the present tense of that would be but he's his acity is always there but he's also um is also uh, love, and so we we look through First uh, John four verses uh, seven and eight. Uh, it says, here, beloved, let us love one another, for for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God, and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love." And and my uh, the way I understood here what what I'm getting from this text is saying that God isn't just loved or that he loves, but he is love. Mm-hmm. And so before, in in eternity's past, before the creation of the world, God was perfectly content as the Godhead, that they were all in perfect unity, loving each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that he did not need us at mm-hmm. all. No. And that, uh, which is a, kind of leads into the fact that um, our, the, the the fact that he created us is, is is out of his love for us. He chose to love us even though he didn't need to even though um you know we could go down this as a completely different rabbit trail but we'll (laughs) stick on i mean we'll get there on the (laughs) attribute of god's love exactly um
2: but like to your point right there's so many especially in modern day church so much of the teaching is love 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 and that god needs us and god you know um there's just this neediness
1: yeah he yearns for us type of thing Mm Yeah.
2: and uh but like you said, God did not create us because he needed us or he was lonely and had some sort of void that could, he couldn't be, fill within himself. Yeah. Um, he's self-sufficient. He doesn't, didn't need us. And so that led me to a quote from uh, the book Attributes of God by A.W. Pink, where he said, um, God was under no constraint, no obligation, or no necessity to create. That he chose to do so was purely a sovereign act on his part, caused by nothing outside of himself, determined by nothing but his own mere good pleasure, for he works all things after the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11 That he did create was simply for his manifest glory. End quote. You know, just that, that neediness that so often lay... Uh, That's not a word, but so often taught nowadays really needs to go because ultimately God didn't create us out of a need. He created us just according to the good counsel of his will, just because it was ultimately for his glory, not because he needed us for anything. Um, And so I, I go to Romans 11, verse 34 to 36, where it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counsellor, or who is first given to him that it might be paid back to him again. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So in verse thirty-five it's talking about that God is under no obligation to anyone, that God owes no nothing to anyone, you know, who is given to him that it might be paid back. None none of us have given anything to God worthy of being paid back. In verse 36, it talks about God is the source of all things from him. From him are all things. He is the source. Through him, he is the means of accomplishing all things. And to him are all things. He is the goal. He is the purpose. Ultimately, all things are for his glory. Mm-hmm. and a couple other verses that just touch on this is first corinthians eight six and colossians one sixteen to seventeen which benny brought up earlier in the episode
1: yeah and and just touching on on the ownership of god like that he owns everything that that everything um on this earth and in heaven is is of god and and is god's um job forty one is uh, verse 11 says "Who is given to me that I should repay him whatever is under the whole heaven is mine the god owns everything mm-hmm. uh, Genesis 14 seventeen through twenty I will quickly flip there it says then after his return from defeat of lamor That's a cool one. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) And the kings who were with him, and the king of Sodom, went out to meet him at the valley of Shevaeh, that is, the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then verse 22, it also says, Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And then it's just reiterated there that God possesses heaven and earth. Hmm. That God owns everything. That he, he needs nothing. Right. Um, so.
2: And so to that point, um, God gains nothing. Yeah. You know, God doesn't change. God... God gains nothing from our worship. That doesn't mean we're not to worship. It. What it means is, um, ultimately, He gains nothing because He didn't need it. He ultimately didn't need the outside glory, or that comes from His redeemed. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. know it, He saved His people according to His good pleasure of His will. And that just. I just have a quote uh, to add again from Attributes of God by A.W. Pink. Where he said it is perfectly true that God is both honoured and dishonoured by men, not in his essential being but in his official character. It is equally true that God has been glorified by creation by providence and by redemption. This we do not and dare not dispute for a moment, but all of this has to do with the manifest with his manifest glory and the recognition of it by us. Yet had God so pleased, he may might not oh sorry. Yet had God so pleased, he might have continued alone for all eternity without making known his glory unto creatures. Whether he should do so or not was determined solely by his will. He was perfectly blessed in himself before the first creature was even called into being. End quote.
1: And just to clarify, uh, God does not require our our praise or our worship, yeah. but God does command it. Absolutely. Um, so he commands us to praise and to worship him and to, you know, bow before him. He does say that all will bow before him. So,
0: yeah. Um, and just one, one note I really wanted to hit. Um, and I think, I think Brayden, you touched on it before as well, but, uh, in in Job 38, verse four, um, uh, in, in the beginning of the chapter, uh, God says to, to Job, um, gird up your loins like a man. I will ask you questions and you shall give an answer. I'm paraphrasing, but, um, that's where, where God asks him, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And so that's just the first of many questions. And so God is really driving the point home that he is God. Like this isn't just like some of the pagan gods where they're like, you know, slightly above human. They have like some superpowers or something like that. Like, no, 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 no. He is God. He is like, um he's eternal he is uh self-sufficient everything he yeah. is they're not even in the same solar system never mind the yeah. same league or anything like they're completely separate right so it's just like just showing job his place and showing us our place in comparison to who he is
2: hmm. and so yeah that's that's just crazy to think about too all all of this um but one of the beautiful things about God's aseity is that he is eternal and that he is never changing. Yes. Um, and, you know, it says that he is, you know, well, un- unchanging. Uh, but what this means is obviously that none of his attributes, whether it be love, wisdom, power, among all of his attributes, um, none of them will ever change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, and you can see that in James one seventeen. Uh, or Malachi 3 verse 6 and it just um, I, there's such a great reminder of it in the hymn uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness where it says Great is Thy faithfulness O God my Father there is no shadow of turning with Thee Thou changest not Thy compassions they fail not as Thou hast been Thou forever will be um, and so the one th- one absolute thing that uh, we can take from God's aseity is because God is self-sufficient because God has no need um, outside of himself and, and he is just yeah sufficient and self-existing we can trust him and we can depend on him as the one who is able to deliver, to protect and to keep those who trust in him
1: wow all right.
0: And there's one thing to think of as well. Um, I just kind of thought of it as you as you're saying this, like with with the attributes of God that can be overwhelming because we we cannot fully grasp them. Uh, mm. We don't have the intellect to be able to do that. Um, but I think a, a great quote that I love, and actually this I can't quote verbatim because I don't I know the paraphrase, but I don't know the quote verbatim. Um, but uh, Doctor Ken Hovind was debating. Uh, with an atheist about about uh, god and and his existence and he was unable to completely describe god to this atheist liking and he said if i was able to uh, completely understand god he would not be worthy of my worship Mm -hmm. and so the fact that we can't fully understand god is a beautiful thing because he is so much grander than our understanding
2: I think he said something along the lines of, if I could fit God inside my three-pound brain, then he wouldn't be worth worshiping. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But understanding this aseity, in doing so, we will be kept from the error of thinking that God is finite, that he grows weary, or that he will ever be insufficient to meet our needs. Like it says in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I have no want. He is. He ha- yeah. fulfills. Everything. He fulfills
1: every need. Yeah. Yes, and and we hope that everyone can agree on that. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you guys got yet more. You got that.
2: That's that's the sum of my notes. But the one mm-hmm. thing I really want to touch in, touch on is, if you're listening and you're not a believer and you have not turned to Christ, um, this aseity proves that God is first of all astounding that he is God um, but that he is capable that if you put your trust in him that he will accomplish his will that he will carry
1: you through to the end yeah he's yeah. sufficient right Absolutely. He, he's sufficient for um, every every hurt every pain that you, you go through but he, he is sufficient f- eternally like um, the I don't know the best way to explain it but the Lord is my salvation. Yeah. The Lord is the Lord is our rock. Like he he's the one that we can go to. He's the one that we can lay our burdens down at his feet. He's the one who's taken the very sins that we uh have committed upon himself on the cross. Um he's and and as we discuss the seemingly endless attributes of God. For they are much greater than we can even comprehend. But as we continue to go through them, you're going to realize not only is God just, not only is God um, perfectly righteous, perfectly holy, and um, he, he is the ultimate judge, but he is a loving father, he is merciful, he has given us a way to be reconciled unto him. And so that's something that we just encourage you to keep, keep listening. Keep searching these things for yourself.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is These attributes of God are something that I find, I know I can speak for myself, but I believe you two would agree, that churches don't touch on nearly enough these days. It's unfortunate. They don't, they don't fully mm-hmm. study these enough today because ultimately our understanding of God will lead to proper worship the deeper and more in-depth our knowledge of God is, the deeper our love for God will be and the more profound and I'd agree with that, yeah. And solid our worship will be. And uh, so really we just hope that as we study this, it benefits us greatly, but we hope it benefits you guys as our listeners as well. Uh, we hope that it inspires you to study these attributes on your own as well as with us, uh, that you get lost in the grandeur and the the vastness of God. Um, and with that said, I think what did we agree? Our next topic was going to be the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of our God. Our next episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just yeah, you know, go into studying these attributes and stuff with an open mind and an open heart because yeah. we don't all like none none of us truly fully understand attributes, nope. and so we must trust what the Bible says and about God and and who He is, right? And and allow our creed to change yeah. according to what the Bible is.
1: Yeah, not our creed changing the Bible. Yeah, I. The one thing I noticed in, in this study as well is through all the uh, like, even if we're focusing on one, you know, single attribute, because trying to focus on all of them at the same time, even the one is seemingly too much. But you can see all the other attributes within mm. every attribute, like, like mm. because God does not lay them down one for another; they're He's always them at all the time. Yeah, and so I think I know,
2: I know. We took what two weeks? Two weeks between episodes to study this. I think. Yeah. And even that, like, I know for a fact that I could have studied more yeah, during I that sl- time. I think but, I slacked a little bit. But even Marius, even but. that, I felt like. In the time I had, I felt like I could have studied this forever. Like just continued and continued to study it because it's so well. It's for so thinking about we're,
1: the topic we're talking about is God's yeah eternity that that well, God yeah. is um, self sufficient. It's, it's the, something
2: th- impossible to wrap our the fact wrap that,
1: our heads around. <laughs> yeah, the fact that we're going to go to heaven and we can, we can be there for eternity after eternity, and you'll still. You know, barely scratch the surface of who God is. Oh, that trying to do that here on Earth is that just leads it.
2: to one of my favorite lines in all of music: "In Amazing Grace." Amazing Grace. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You know, I can't even comprehend. What 100- a
1: beautiful singing voice! <laughs>
2: I can't even comprehend. <laughs> That's my poetry voice. Oh, poetry uh, voice! I can't okay. even comprehend a hundred years. I can no. barely comprehend the thirty I've been alive.
1: I can't comprehend the <laughs> words that you, know, or oftentimes the words that are being like, just the magnitude of the words yeah. that I'm reading on, on the pages of the Bible. It's like yeah. he's really that good. Yeah. He's really that holy. He's really um, that serious about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah, we encourage you. Um, Everyone listening, we encourage you to um, give your life to Christ, repent and believe the gospel, realize that this life, this hellbound race that you are you're running uh, for yourself leads to exactly that hell it leads to damnation. Uh, and when we just we pray for we pray not only for our listeners but we you know we pray for each other and our our families and friends and and for just people we come in contact that they may have their eyes opened by the Lord to uh to repent and believe, and if you have questions, feel free to uh to contact us. You know we may not have all the answers, but we will certainly try our very best to give you um the biblical answers that you um need and so reach out to us, reach out to us on instagram at gospel enthusiasts. Reach out to us on facebook at gospel enthusiast podcast reach us out to us at email at
2: uh, gospel enthusiast podcast at gmail dot
1: com I always forget that one <laughs> um, and you know we will do our very best to answer any questions you may have and if we may not even be able to answer them you know just ourselves but we will try our very best to lead you in the right direction
2: or we will study we will
1: study until we can give you the answers
0: yeah Yeah. either that or we'll we'll uh forever sit in limbo no i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah so uh we'll lead you to someone else who has a better understanding than we do and and someone who can explain the um, explain whatever question that you have yeah
2: we certainly know people who can do
0: that yeah absolutely with that being said
1: we hope you all enjoy the the episode and we really encourage you to study these things for yourself. Get into God's Word; it is so good, and it will truly change your life. God, um, God grows us through His Word. Uh, I, I truly believe. That being said, and, uh, go in ahead. In this
2: season of, you know, we don't know when people will listen to this, but currently we are on Thanksgiving weekend, Canadian here, Thanksgiving here in Canada. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this season of thankfulness, be sure to you know not take for granted all the blessings that God has given mm. even if you are outside of Christ God has still blessed you um so don't take for granted all the good things you know it says all the good all good things come from the father yeah um and so we will certainly try ourselves not to be take things for granted and be grateful and thankful yeah and uh we yeah.
1: Ho- yeah we hope y'all have a great great holiday great um just week, whenever you listen to this, just may, have a may, good one. You know, may, may it bless you. May it um, edify you. And that's, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. So, have a good one, everyone. Night. Sole deo
0: gloria.